All right, Jabu say good morning. Let us uh, let us continue. So we have, we are finishing off Mirat Hashem today. Osnun Aleph in Tzitkasatzadik. So if you remember again, the Rebbe, the really picking up from the Gemara Masecha Sanhedrin, where the Gemara Darshan in the pasuk Sheker Achein Vehevla Yofi Isha Iras Hashem Hitis Halal, and the Rebbe the Gemara explained that Sheker Achein is Yosef. And Hevel Hayofi is Boaz, which we'll pick up today. And the Rebbe was developing the theme that in the battle against the Yitzhahara, there are two ways that a person could approach it. A person could go ahead and try to go at it themselves, and a person could be successful. A person could summon up their personal strength. A person could summon up the courage to be able to go ahead and combat and vanquish the Yitzhahara. But at the end of the day, because the person is going at it themselves, and because they are not enlisting the help of the Ribono Shel Olam, their efforts, their efforts will not be fully successful. Or a person could go ahead and understand that I cannot be successful in anything in life without the assistance of the Ribono Shel Olam. Without HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there is no success. Without HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or I should say, without HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there is no enduring success. And therefore, before, before I tackle any challenge, specifically one which requires me to go to battle against my Yitzhahara, I must absolutely enlist the help of the Ribono Shalom. So Reb Tzadik was giving examples of this. So last week we spoke about Yosef. Today we're going to pick up with Boaz. So if you take a look, this is in page Kufchaf Beis. Same PDF that I sent out last week. In the Be'orea Hasidos, in the right-hand column, about halfway down. So remember again, the Tzadik, quoting the Gemara, the Gemara explained that Sheker Achein was a reference to Yosef. Hevel Hayofi, Hevel Hayofi. So beauty, beauty is, or beauty is fleeting, or beauty is vain. Neged Tokev Hiskabros Hataiva Vahasasasayitzahara. So Shevali Yofi refers to Boaz's battle against the Yitzhahara. Now, where do we see or where do we learn that Boaz had a battle against the Yitzhahara? So remember again, this is in the story of Rus. So in the, in the in Megillas Rus, where again, remember Naomi, Naomi contrives this entire plan for Rus to go to Boaz to lay down by his feet. And ultimately, to be Merame is that Boaz is supposed to marry Rus. So remember again, that night, Boaz and Rus are alone in the greenery. And the, as Reb Zadik is going to say, he says as follows. He says, Boaz, Boaz could have easily sinned with Rus that night, and no one would have ever known. In the, when, with that night, when Rus was there with Boaz in the greenery, Boaz was tempted to sin. Boaz was, understandably so. Boaz was tempted, was a beautiful woman who was laying down by his feet, and ultimately, again, pretty much gave herself over to him. He was tempted to sin with her. And he had a desire. He had a desire to sing with her. Rak, his amit negdo betokef hayira bekachatzmo. But he resisted the temptation. So Boaz resisted the temptation to sin with Rus, and he resisted this temptation by summoning up within himself this inner courage. Vachin, 
And therefore, Boaz was able to emerge victorious. So this is very interesting. So we'll say, so once again, the reason why this piece by Reb is so profoundly astounding and surprising is because what Reb is describing as a, as a less than perfect victory against the Yitzhahara, I think for many of us, before we saw this piece of Reb Tzadik, would assume that it is the perfect victory against the Yitzhahara. That at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Boaz, Boaz was able to overcome this taiva himself. Just like Yosef was able to overcome the taiva himself. Yet Reb Tzadik says here, such a victory is imperfect. Because any victory where a person relies solely on himself is not a victory which can be relied upon long term. That's why he explains over here that the Nisayon of Boaz only lasted for a couple of hours, just that night. It was not an ongoing Nisayon. The Nisayon of Yosef only lasted for a particular duration. Because at the end of the day, when you are going at it yourself and not relying on the assistance of the Ribbono Shalom, your staying power to resist sin is limited. Now the Rebbe contrasts this, the last piece of this Gemara, is Isha Yir'as Hashem Hitis Halal. A woman who, it's, it's interesting by the way, that beauty and women, the Gemara in the sense over here, is a reference to men. It's very interesting, right? Sheker Achim is Yosef, Hevel Ayofi is Boaz, Isha Yir'as Hashem Hitis Halal, who is the woman ultimately again, who fears HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is, this refers in Rav Tzavik's model, so this is the victory, which is considered to be a complete victory against the Yitzhahara. Who does this refer to? Amazing. Palti ben Laish. So who's Palti ben Laish? Shalonaga b'michal b'ashol. So a little bit of background. So remember again, Davina Malach is married to Michal, the daughter of Shaul. That, that shidduch came about after Davina Malach rose in prominence, after he killed Goliath, after he killed Goliath. So he became a general in Davina Malach's army. The king then invites him ultimately to become his son-in-law. Davina Malach marries Michal. Now remember again, as Davina Malach's fame rises, so Shaul becomes more and more jealous to the point where Shaul is ready to kill David. Michal is the one who tells her husband, David, my father's coming to kill you tomorrow. You know, so this is the famous story where they, um, David HaMelech essentially like, uh, you know, stuffed pillows under his cover to make it look like he was sleeping in bed. She lowered him down through the window and David HaMelech escaped. The next morning, Shaul's soldiers burst into David HaMelech's home and again, but by that time, David Melech already had a number of hours start on Shaul. Right? This, this, this is the beginning of the entire story. Then David goes to Nov, Irkanim, tells them that he's on a secret mission. They give him food and weapons. This is where Doeg sees them, eat him. Doeg tells Shaul, you see that they're going back in there. They're eating in a bedding. Okay, oh my son. To make matters worse, Shaul, as an ultimate affront, to David HaMelech, goes ahead and gives away David's wife, Michal, to another man. A man by the name of Palti ben Laish, 
who was an incredibly pious individual. Now, the issue over here is that Palti ben Laish didn't exactly have that much of a say in this because the king ordered him. They both say a remarkable miracle occurred. Palti ben Laish was, quote-unquote, married to Michal for 20 years, over 20 years, and in that time, never laid a hand on her. We'll say an absolute remarkable display of personal strength. Of, per, of personal strength. The, the, literally, he's living with this woman. The king has given to her. Michal was a very beautiful woman. The king had given her to him as his wife. But Hatib and Laish recognized all too well she was married to someone else. So because she was married to someone else, she, he, he did not lay a hand on her. He did not lay a hand on her for 20 years, from the time that he married her until he returned her to her husband, to David. So Reb Tzadik says, this Talti ben Laish is called, in the eyes of Chazal, Isha Yiras Hashem Hitis Halal. This is a woman, this is a woman, who's Yare Hashem. It's interesting, also, you'll say to yourself, why does the Gemara, why, do, why, why, why was the Shlomo HaMelech, why does Shlomo HaMelech refer to righteous men, or why does the Gemara refer to righteous men as women? So it's interesting, because in the eyes of Chazal, a woman is like the paragon of, of piety. See, even when you want to describe righteous men, they're often described in the feminine, which is, which is really quite fascinating. So Palti Ben Laish, Palti Ben Laish, Reptavik explains, is going to be the fundamental distinction to a Boaz and a Yosef. All three are righteous, and all three overcame their Yitzhahara. The difference is that a Yosef and a Boaz went at it on their own. And because they went at it on their own, they were successful, but their success was of limited duration, which is why their Nisayon was only able to last a short amount of time. Because when you go at things at your, on your own, your staying power is limited. Palti ben Laish, on the other hand, enlisted the help of the Ribono Shal Olam in his war, it's a war, against the Sahara. And because he had enlisted God as a partner, he was able to combat, successfully combat the Sahara for over two decades. So, so we'll have to stop over here for today. We'll pick up Emir Hashem this, with this last piece about Palti ben Laish, Emir Hashem tomorrow. But I both say the lesson of Rab Tzadik is, is, is screaming out loud and clear which is the ability to engage in long-term success against the Sahara is fundamentally predicated on one's willingness to enlist the Rebono Shal Olam as a partner in this effort. If Hashem is not a partner, you could be successful on a short-term level, but you can't be successful in an ongoing effort. All right, so we'll stop here. We'll spend one more day in Merit Hashem on Oslan Aleph. Shkoyach.